Welcome to Getting Results. I'm Tom Tony, and I'm glad you've joined me here on the podcast today. Over my years of coaching and leading in organizations of various types and sizes, I've come to recognize that sustainable, repeatable success comes down to these three factors, clarity, alignment, and busting through barriers. And that's the basis for my cab system. I'm excited over the next couple episodes to share my interview with Stephen Miller. Steve is the founder and president of Millwood Incorporated, a provider of industrial pallet and packaging materials and services that include recycling and warehousing. Steve launched Millwood Inc. at the age of 19, and the company has since grown to 1,700 employees in 27 locations across 15 states. Steve is also a board member of John Maxwell's Equip Group and travels the world teaching his unique approach to business leadership. Steve will also be the featured speaker at our Questex Leadership Conference for Kids Benefit Luncheon on April 30th. If you're in the area, check it out. Questex is a three-day leadership training conference for students in third through sixth grade, featuring exciting live shows, leadership training breakout sessions, engaging activities, and a whole lot more. And you can find out more and register for the Benefit Luncheon with Stephen Miller at TomTony.com. Now let's join part one of this two-part interview. So Steve, it's good to have you on the podcast today. And it's great to be here. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think you bring such a unique perspective to leadership, and I want to dig right in here. I know that at 19, you were facing a lot of challenges in getting your business really moving. Uh, One of the things that I hear again and again from many leaders is that it's often hard to find that kind of barrier-busting mentality uh, in potential team members. And I wanted just to know, is this something that you have seen shift in Millwood? And what was that like for you at 19, having to really deal with the adversities that you were facing? And how do you instill that same type of character into people that are working for you today? Yeah, the, nothing's changed in 30 years since I was 19. That tells you how old I am. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I remember having that revelation when I realized that all these guys that were showing up for work, which was three of them, uh, they didn't like me and I didn't like them. And so they were looking for the fastest way to not have to come to this job anymore. And I was looking for a way to replace them. But then I realized that the replacements, there was no, uh, it wasn't getting where I needed to go. Mm. And I realized that I needed to change, that I needed them. And of course, you know, that we need each other. And that uh, while they were with me, My primary goal is to help them develop in business, personal, and spiritual uh, endeavors so that when they leave Millwood, they would have, uh, they would be stronger in those three areas. And so that started when I had three employees. Mm. And we've never stopped from that. That became a primary mission of making sure that they're number one. Um, Every company, we've all heard them. They, they talk about their team members and they say, you know, our people are our number one asset and, you know, you're, you're a member of our family. They use, use words like that, but they really don't operate like that. Hmm. You know, we still manage the old style. Uh, generations ago, people showed up. They stayed at work for 30 years. They worked hard because their primary goal was to provide for their families. Yeah. And they were committed to the work. It didn't matter what you were asking them to do. But the generations have changed, and as we talk a lot about the millennials, 
that, uh, you know, the, the, the soccer effect and the fact that they, you know, are used to getting awards for participation and yeah. those kind of things. Right. <laughs> and we make fun of them, but the reality is, is that they're simply just pulling out of us as leaders what we should already be doing. We should already be having communication with them about what their next step is. And I know I talk to other business leaders a lot, and and you know they'll make the comment that hey, this guy was was literally on the job for a month, and he's already talking about when his next promotion is. Yeah, <laughs> asking those questions, and we get frustrated. We make fun of them. And we, we do those things, but the reality is, is that they just need to. We as leaders, we have to provide that kind of direction anyhow yeah. it, it's all the same things that we want as individuals any we want to know what our next step is we want to know what the vision is and as a you know I, I share with our guys is that we're in a manufacturing labor-intensive environment so production is extremely important but the reality is it's number two and if your team members don't feel that, if they feel like production is number one above them as individuals, then we've already lost them. And we're going to have that revolving door, and people are not going to stay and uh, become a, a valuable member of your family, uh, the business family. And just treating them like family, I think that that is, you know, has to be on the front side all the time. Um, you know, as we think about family members that make mistakes, uh, yeah. you know, we don't kick them out of the family and yet, right, right. yet we'll have supervisors that make that comment that, you know, if you can't, uh, walk in these three categories, if you can't, you know, stay in the, uh, stay in the zone, then we really don't need you here. Yeah. All right. Right. What kind of family says, has that kind of conversation? <laughs> right, yeah. So it, it all goes back to you, you can't, um, you never really know somebody until you know their story. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an area that we really focus on is building the relationships uh, before you try to get into the function. Because as leaders, especially in manufacturing, we want to get right into the function. Hey, I got an empty spot. Uh, you, you get plugged in. I need production now. Yeah. And it's very important. And that is the pressure that we live in. We need that, uh, that production. But it has to be number two. And if I don't take the time to build that relationship first, then I'm lost. Now, I have a feeling that probably there are some leaders that are listening right now and thinking, oh, are you kidding me? You mean I have to spend time? I don't have time to spend time. I have to build relationship. I have to understand this person. And that can be a little bit intimidating. you know. Mm-hmm. So as you've gone through this process, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your approach to that. How do you, how do, you do that? Because as you said... You know, needing the product. The product is what makes the business work. The business is why they're there in the first place. How do you make the time, and what does it look like logistically to spend time with that person and get to know them, mm-hmm. so that they feel more engaged, a part of the family? All the things you mentioned. Yeah, there's no silver bullet on sure. how you approach that. But again, I, we go back to just asking the right question. If if you know and you you send that message to your team that relationships are the most important thing. That's the beginning of everything. And it's, you know, we we make the comment about knowing somebody makes all the difference because uh, the things that you do that might offend me, if I know you, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm, I'll give you an example. I was in a a foreign country and we're driving along and and there's four of us in the car and plus the driver. And uh, this car comes out of nowhere. We're on a four lane in the city, 
and a car comes whipping over, cuts us off, you know, zips in and out, out of traffic, and our driver was visibly upset, and he starts shaking his fist and speaking in <laughs> Greek. And, uh, and so we, we all, I think it's kind of funny, and I'm like, yeah, what's that guy doing? we got to go after him. And so we go racing after this car, and we're all cheering the driver. Oh, well, I was cheering the driver. The rest of my passengers weren't really excited about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we're approaching the car, and we're, you know, we're preparing, you know, fist gestures and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of, uh, you know, return the favor kind of, uh, you know, the driver's looking to cut him off as well. But then when, as we pulled up beside him, uh, I, I looked, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Karina, our host. <laughs> For the oh, conference man. that we're at, <laughs> which Karina, everybody loved Karina. I mean, she she was a great host. She was the MC for the the conference that I was speaking at, and so you know we knew her very well. And so immediately, our fist gestures and our anger <laughs> got flipped to laughing and waving yeah. at at Karina. And um, you know, it's a, it's a funny story, but it's a great example of how when you know somebody, it makes all the difference. Yeah. And That's if your so team if if I know the team member and the team member knows me and we it's not just about, oh, I know the names of their kids and those that's important. But when you hear somebody's story and that that's really the issue. Um, I know in in one of our facilities our, our plant manager uh, really grabbed this, and he made it a rule for all of his supervisors. He said, you have to have a conversation with everybody on your shift. So he might have 10 or 15 guys. So it's not all about me as the owner or the plan manager, uh, you know, having to get out to all these people and make those quality relationships. But that first, that immediate supervisor, whoever the direct report, uh, those people have to take that extra effort to get to know somebody's story then you'll get the benefit of the doubt when you have to ask somebody, hey, I need you to work on Saturday. Hey, yeah. I need you to work late. Hey, I need you to produce 300 pallets today. Um, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt versus that pushback that says all you care about is the bottom line, yeah. and I don't care about your bottom line, so I'm out. And so I think those are the, that's some of the, the, the issues that you have to answer as you go into the workplace and try to create that environment in your, in your workplace. So I think you can begin to get a sense of the unique perspective that Steve brings with his style of leadership. And if you're like me, you might even already feel it challenging your approach. And I really look forward to sharing the rest of this powerful interview with you in the next episode. So until then, keep getting results. If you enjoy the Getting Results podcast, we would love for you to submit a review on iTunes and help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Also, stop by TomTony.com, that's T-O-M-T-O-N-E-Y.com, and sign up for free to become a member. You'll get access to exclusive content like the Communication Cycle Tool, a great tool for evaluating the effectiveness of communication on your team and in your organization and other exclusive opportunities. So until next time, keep getting results.